Lord, right now we take out this time. We want to pray for our sister that's in the hospital, Lord, and, and she's facing a surgery. Lord, we pray that you just continue to be in control, God. We trust that you are in full control. Lord, we know you're the God that heals, and Lord, you can heal and remove everything right now. By the name of Jesus Christ, it would be done by your spirit. And Lord, whatever happens, we know that you are still in control of the surgeon if it goes that far. Lord, so continue to give them peace, give her rest, give the family rest as well. And we ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree tonight, I want you to shout an amen with me. Amen. Come on, let's stand up tonight. We're going we're gonna to do a little worship. We, we put together some different songs for you, so. Y'all ready? time of desperation but all we know is doubt and fear there's only one foundation we believe we believe in this broken generation dark you help us see there is only one salvation we believe we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit and he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back, coming back again. We believe Our faith be more than anthems, greater than the songs we sing. And in our weakness and temptations, we believe. Come on, we believe.
I don't know if you believe, but I believe. I believe. Hallelujah. You know, we just wanted to start out a little bit different tonight if we could do that. We just wanted to sing over you tonight because I just really think somebody uh, is just really struggling with some things tonight. And we just, again, wanted to just sing that over you tonight. Amen. Hallelujah.
raise your hands before we go any further. Father, you are worthy. You are so worthy, oh God. We build our life upon you and there's nothing other. Upon your word, we build our lives. Anything else we build our life upon will crumble. It will be burned up in the fire. It will not stand. God, you are everything. You pour out yourself to us constantly, not just on a daily basis, but constantly. You pour out your love to us, oh God. You pour out your love to us.
tonight with me and pray. We're going to pray for Connor also, who has an eye injury right now, and God's been doing amazing things in it. So, Father, we thank you that you are still working in Connor. Lord, that this eye is continually being restored. I know he has a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Lord, that we just pray right now. We speak from your word that you're the God that healeth thee. You have returned the sight to the blind, God. What he needs right now is a miracle from you, Lord. Lord, that the blood would be removed from in between these these particles in his eye, these parts, and that he would be clear vision, completely clear vision, Lord. Any discomfort of any kind would be gone right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We speak it, we declare it, we decree it according to your word in Jesus name. If you agree tonight, I want you to shout an amen with me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and greet someone as you sit down tonight. Hallelujah. Hey, <laughs> she's practicing. She's practicing on being a greeter. She's practicing on the greeter ministry. She's just going to go. Hey, so grab your Bibles tonight. We're going to do something. I want to try something a little different, but I'm not going to tell you all about it completely until it's over with. Those are the scary ones, aren't they? Yeah, I probably should have got my headset out tonight for this, but. I think we'll be okay. I don't like wearing that headset because it uh, it makes it hard to put the in-ear monitors in. <laughs> because when I go to take them off, they both wrap over my ears. They get twisted up, and I got to have somebody basically get me unhooked out of this thing. And yeah. So, hey, don't forget that uh, Sunday we have the uh, piano recital uh, afterward. And uh, so, so what we're gonna do is, is I'm gonna make sure I call everybody that signed up, but. Uh, when s- church is over with, we're just going to kind of straighten up real quick. We can go in about 1 o'clock. Uh, 
be back over here to start making sure we greet people. They're going to start opening the doors at 1.30 for those that are in the first group. Second group, make sure we're here no later than 3 if you want to get here earlier. I'll go over some more of those instructions later, but it's, it's going to be simple and it's going to be fun. Amen. So we're going to have a good time with that. And we also have our family day on uh, May the 30th. And uh, so, man, we're adding more and more stuff in there. We're going to honor our high school graduates. We have a few of those. Hallelujah. Parents are parents say amen, especially those that your kid is graduating. Even if, well, some people aren't very happy about that. I guess they want them to stay in school longer. Uh, we have some college graduates, too. And then we have something else that we're going to throw in there, but I'm not going to tell you just yet. Uh, that's cool. But, yeah, we're, we're putting together as much as we can. You know, it's a day of celebration, man. You know, family comes together. We do that. Uh, if we can ever figure out how to baptize you and, and not have to walk around soaking wet, we do that, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I believe in full submersion, so it's going to be hard for you to come out dry unless there's a miracle involved. Uh, you know, j when I was at, at New Hope in Eunice, our tank, we didn't stand. We didn't get in there. They would sit down and um, it was in the back of the building. So there was a window right there. And we'd put the camera, and we'd basically simulcast it to the sanctuary, you know, and had the headset on. And one of the, uh, the girls in there, I don't know, she was about 12, and she was sitting down there. And, you know, I'd turn them around, and I'd baptize them, you know. And when I did, her feet went straight in the air. <laughs> and I'm like, now what are we going to do? I just, you know, just like that, it was like, no, baby, we believe in full submersion. I just threw her feet back under the water. I was like, just never missed a beat. And that became a favorite video of her mother's, I think, so. But turn your Bibles over to Acts chapter 5 tonight. We're going to start there. Acts chapter 5. And I want us to read this. Uh, I didn't put any of this on the screen, but it's all in the ESV. Uh, but I didn't put any of this on the screen tonight. Um, it's been an interesting day back and forth with things. But it's Acts chapter 5. I want us to look at verse 3 and 4. So watch this. But Peter said, Ananias... Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back from yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived, well, that's an interesting word there, this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. Now, now what had happened was, is, is, the believers were being prompted by the Holy Spirit to sell goods and they were bringing their money to the church because the church was being persecuted and it was being given out to help. Well, Ananias and Sapphira decided that they wanted to get in on this game. But what they did was is they sold their land and they brought only a portion of it to the church, but basically acted like they brought it all. So they lied to the Holy Ghost. Listen, you can smile at me all day long and put your tithes in there, but if you steal in from the Lord, it's between you and him. I don't get in the middle of that. Um, and so after this, Ananias dropped dead, and they carried his body out. And not long after his wife walked in, she lied. She dropped dead, and they went and buried her too. Uh, now, just a side note. Um, People say, you know, like, oh, there's certain things in the Old Testament that judgment that wasn't poured out on people because it was Old Testament. This is New Testament after Jesus came and died and did all that. And, you know, I've asked the Lord why we don't see that still happening in the church today. I'm, I'm glad it's not. Honestly, there'd be a lot of funerals. Uh, and I'm not saying a lot of funerals because there's a lot of people that are lying in church. I'm just saying there would be a lot of funerals because I know people are going to come and lie. But. You know, it's like this is not pre-grace, right? This is during grace and mercy and all those things. And, but they lied to the Holy Ghost. And, you know, it's just an interesting part. But I, I want us to look tonight at the doctrine of the Holy Spirit uh, essential. We're, we're just going to have just a few minutes to look through the scriptures here. But I want to read a couple things out of, out of my Bible to you. I love how it words it. And, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit if we could do that. It's the only slide you get tonight. It's the only one I, I made. And I was really hoping I spelled essential correctly. There's no spell check on that thing, so hallelujah. But listen to this. It is essential that Jesus' followers recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit and God's purpose to spiritually redeem the people, i.e., to rescue them from sin, 
renew them spiritually and restore them to a personal relationship with his self. Many Christians have not even considered how different things would have been had there not been a presence of the Holy Spirit from the very beginning. Have you ever thought about that? What, what things would have been like if the Holy Spirit of God would have never been there? What can you think about that, that would not have happened? Anything? Huh? No conviction? Think about it. Anybody? Yeah. No? Watch this. I know I can think of a bunch of things personally, but it, it tells me. Without the Holy Spirit, there would have been no creation. We're going that far back, right? That far back. That's how far back the Holy Spirit has been at work. No creation. No universe. No human race, right? So Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1 and 2 tells us this. If you, if you want to turn there, you can. I want us to, to look through some of these scriptures tonight. So we're going to have a, a, just a short Bible study tonight so you can look through because I do believe we forget the importance of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's another quick uh, side note while you're flipping to Genesis. Well, I'll tell you later because Genesis is the easiest one to find. You just flip back to the beginning and there it is. Genesis 1-2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There he was in the beginning. The Holy Spirit has always been here. The Holy Spirit, you know, a lot of people, oh, well, he only came on the scene during, you know, when Acts, when he was poured out. He's always been here. You can't separate God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. We finally saw the physical manifestation of Jesus when he was born through a woman. But John 1.1 says what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning. You see, you can't separate these things. Now, here's a tougher one. Job 33, 4. Job 33, 4. Give you just a moment for that one. Because sometimes we just need to take a break and, and flip through, this, through the words a couple times so we can, we can start understanding how important all of this is. Job 33, 4, as you're flipping there. You know, it, it's funny that you see people today that they call it the Holy Spirit, capital T-H-E, or they just say Holy Spirit. And, and honestly, it's kind of like the conversation. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to use this example or not. I'm not putting myself on any plane as being equal in any way, shape, or form, but it's just a funny conversation. And Jonathan probably already figured out where I'm going with this. Oscar and Megan, which if you are not watching, see, y'all can't say anything about it. Oscar, Oscar says, I'm going to call the pastor. And Megan says, no, just say I'm going to call pastor. And so it's a constant thing with them. No, I'm going to call the pastor. So when he calls me, he says, hey, pastor. And so it's a constant thing with them, too. It's just kind of a joke now. And so he calls me sometimes, hey, the pastor, you know, just, just picking. And, and so we call him the Holy Spirit, but he is Holy Spirit. And, and depending on what circles you travel in nowadays in, in, in the church world, you see people that constantly refer to him as Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit. I don't really think there's much of a difference between the two, uh, but it has been interesting to hear people refer to, uh, to the Holy Spirit as just, well, Holy Spirit said this, but it makes me wonder, the more of a relationship we have with a person, do we drop the the, the you know, uh, now me and Oscar have a great relationship, but he was just a funny example. He's not here to say anything, so I could pick on him, you know. He's, he's out driving right now. Job 33, 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. You see, the Holy Spirit has been here from the very beginning of that. But let me read on a little bit. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no Bible. No Bible. No Bible. And here's another question. They said the finger of God came down and wrote the Ten Commandments, right? Was it the finger of God or was it the Holy Spirit that wrote that? I think it was the finger of God because of the way they wrote it. But, you know, we could, we could go back and forth about which one was which all day long, right? 
Watch this. Let me read another one to you. If you want a reference for that one, I'll give it to you. 2 Peter 1 and 2 is the reference at there would be no Bible. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. As 2 Peter 1 and 2 is the reference for that. Watch this. There would be no New Testament. And I'm not talking about the New Testament of the Bible. There would be no new covenant. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no new covenant. Right. And you wouldn't really. Well, you could maybe have an old covenant because remember, God himself came down and walked and he swore by himself. Because according to the Old Testament. Let me see. Without the Holy Spirit, I'm trying to see these small words. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no Bible. There would be no New Testament and no power to effectively communicate the message about Christ. So wait a minute. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be able to effectively communicate what Jesus did. Now, how many people have the Holy Spirit? You have the Holy Spirit? Okay. So then what stops us from effectively communicating what Jesus did for us? Us. Yeah. Us. Us. You see, without the Holy Spirit, there would be no way to have faith in God. Think about, we don't even think about how important the Holy Spirit is to everyday life with us. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no way to have faith in God, all right? No way to experience spiritual salvation or renewal. No way for Jesus' followers to live in holiness, moral purity, spiritual wholeness, separation from evil, and dedication to God. In fact, there would be no Christians at all in the world. Why? No conviction. Why else? Why would there be no Christians if there was no Holy Spirit? No salvation, but why? What's it, what's it say? I know you've heard it before. No man comes to the Father unless he is drawn by the Spirit. And that is why I, I heard somebody preach one time that, that in the, uh, oh, the tribulation, the Holy Spirit will be taken away. I said, well, that can't happen. And they said, well, why? Well, the, the word says that there are people that will get saved during the, the great tribulation. No man gets saved unless he's drawn by God. You don't just wake up tomorrow and say, you know, I'm a bad dude. I need Jesus. I was reading that book the other day, and I'm just a bad person. I need Jesus. You don't do that. It's the spirit of God that draws you and says, you're a bad dude. Conviction. Because you don't know you're bad. Until Fred comes and arrests you for breaking the law, right? Like some of the kids in the school, that, I, I think some of these students have no clue they're even doing wrong. Why? Because no one in their household has ever told them that what they're doing is wrong. I, I know of a gentleman that, that got saved off the streets of Detroit, went to Bible college, and got kicked out numerous times. He didn't know how to talk to people. Nobody ever told him. All he knew how to do was talk to people like on the streets. And finally, somebody got him because they were afraid of him. Wendy remembers him. He was a pretty scary dude. You know, bald head, big guy, and swung a towel. And, you know, and when you looked at him, you're like, yeah, he'd be a scary dude. But he wasn't. He was just a big old teddy bear, man, loving guy. But finally, somebody told him, hey, brother, that's not how we treat each other. We don't, you know, and, and I think what it was is just the way he talked because he was such a nice guy. People just didn't know how to handle him. He cussed at everybody. <laughs> so watch this. The person of the Holy Spirit. Many non-believers and even some believers view the Holy Spirit as an impersonal force or concept that represent God or his presence. Do we really treat him as impersonal? Have you ever treated him as impersonal? I bet I have. I bet I have. You know, God, I, I just really don't want to talk to you right now. I'm busy. <laughs> I got this game on my phone, and I'm fixing to beat this level. And I really, will you be, I'm, I'm trying to focus here. Now, we may not say it that way, but we probably do it that way, you know. Or we're sitting at home, and we, we feel God is prompting us to do something. We, we treat him like he's just somebody else. Or, or, or how about this? We're, we're setting there studying the word, and, and then all of a sudden we sense, well, maybe this is what it's saying. 
and we almost argue because I know better. No, this is the way I've heard it taught all the time. We, we treat him as being impersonal at times. But the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a personal term. Throughout the word, God has revealed these things. Now listen to this. You know the Holy Spirit has feelings? How do you know that? What does it say? Because you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, wait a minute. I can grieve him? What's grieve mean? To make sad? Right? What, what would grieve really mean? I, I didn't look up the word. I'm sure somebody will have it up here in just a minute. All you techie people out there. I figured you'd be doing that, but you got mama doing that instead. <laughs> so what is grieve? Huh? Suffer, grief. Sad, feel grief because of, for. Cause great distress. So, mourn. So, I know the word says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. How many times do you think we actually do borderline grieve the Holy Spirit? How far is grieving the Holy Spirit? I know when my son doesn't do what I ask him, I, I get some grief. <laughs> right? When my wife doesn't do what I ask her, I kind of feel some grief in there. But I get over it quickly because she's always right. No, I'm just picking. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> Amen over there. Right? So, so how far is it to where we actually grieve him? If we want to have a relationship with him, how far can we push that? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Because there's the unpardonable sin. The blood covers everything. Not according to the word. There is an unpardonable sin. Grieving of the Holy Spirit. How far is grieving of the Holy Spirit? It should bother us. Maybe not bother. How about it should concern us that we do that. I've heard the grief, grieving of the Holy Spirit many different ways from people. I, I did hear uh, my pastor give me a story one time of a, of a gentleman that he ran into that was just the most miserable person he had ever met in his life. This person had done many things, and, and basically he told me, I used to be a believer, and I think I grieved the Holy Spirit, and God will not let me die. And it was a long, I'm not even going to go into all of this stuff to this guy, and it was just, it was just like nothing would console this guy, nothing. So it's like, you know, how far is grieving? I think we need to be concerned about that because how far do we push? How far do we push, you know? Yeah. How about this? The Holy Spirit thinks, right? Romans 8, 27. Romans 8, 27 says, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Hmm. The Holy Spirit is walking with us all the time. But do we notice it? Dave, do you notice him over there at work when you're working on pipes and all that? You do? Yeah. Why do you notice him? Because he lives inside of you. But you're probably paying attention. You know, you're like me. I go out on the lawnmower and listen to some preaching and start praying. So when I tune the world out, what do I do? I have more time to listen. Right? Sometimes I've got to tune the world out so I can focus a little bit more to say, you know, Holy Spirit, man, what's what's going on today? I'm just driving along on the line more, man. Me in the zero turn, you know. All I got to worry about is not getting stuck nowadays. Probably need to get my boat motor out there so I can get through the yard. But, you know, and, and I'll put my headphones on, you know, and, and just be able to pray. And, and a lot of times when we close out the world, it's easier to listen but I bet if you're walking through Walmart, you can probably say, Holy Spirit, are you here today? And he'll probably say, yeah. You see, the Holy Spirit is always with us. But here's something else. Now, this is just kind of a side note. This, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, you always got to have this conversation. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in three and one. So let me explain that to you. There's another Pentecostal denomination that believes in one. Okay. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. They are all equal. There's none 
above the other. It just they're 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 God. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, they're all the same. They're all God. But there's another denomination that basically says that they're all one. They're just titles. But they all three have distinct personalities. And that's the difficulty. That's the difficulty. It never says I can grieve the Father or I can grieve Jesus, but I can grieve the Holy Spirit. And if I grieve the Holy Spirit, that's unpardonable. But I can grieve the Father. So they have different personalities. And in my favorite scripture is Mark 111. When I talk to somebody that, that believes that way, I'm not, I don't disagree with them because I believe Jesus is just as much God as God the Father sitting on the throne, but I do not believe God ever got up off the throne and came down to this earth. It just, <laughs> that throne has never been empty and it will never be empty and it just, it's not up for debate. But Mark 111, and again, we, we need to mention this as we're talking about the Holy Spirit to put his divinity where it needs to be. And he says, and a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son. Who is he talking about? Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus had just been baptized in water, right? And look what he says. In whom with you I am well pleased. I'm thinking of the King James Version. Now, this is going to sound a little funny, but this is my normal question to a person that, that doesn't believe that there's a three. And, and listen. I can't explain it any better than this, and I know they can't either, and I don't argue about it <laughs> because I can sit there all day long and show you that the Father has, has a personality and the Son has a personality and the Holy Spirit. But this is always my question when I bring this up. So what you're telling me is, is God came out of heaven, and he was there, and he was baptized in water, and he stood up, and what it should have said is, is this is me, and I'm pleased with myself. Right? No, I know it's funny, but it's a serious question. And they're like, well, no, no, no. A voice came from heaven, but you're telling me he wasn't there. He was here. And then I eventually just tell them, you can't explain it either. I can't explain it. He's God, man. Let's just settle it there, okay? My mind can't figure that mess out either. It's just, he's God. Let's be done with it. Because this is myself. I'm well pleased. Was he a ventriloquist? No. Okay. One day when we get to heaven, we'll figure it all out. But right now, we know in part. That's it. So the Holy Spirit is as much God as God. But he is the personal spirit that is with us as our comforter, as our guide. Where's Jesus? Does he live inside of me? That's what we say. But where's Jesus? Sitting at the right hand of the Father forever giving intercession. So it's his spirit that lives inside of us, right? The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So see, we have to, we have to look at all of those pieces right there. Amen. So flip over to John chapter 14, verse 16, and I want to kind of close up with this tonight. Just wanted to kind of start laying out some stuff about the Holy Spirit. So we'll begin to, to look and how important the Holy Spirit is for us, especially as we, we get through this, this month here and we start preaching about the Holy Spirit a little bit further because I believe every believer should be baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Personally, I do. I just believe it's that important, okay? And, and we need to understand that it's that important to, to walk this earth with that power. And, and there's a lot more about it and there's some other things. You know, one of the... One of the times I, I was asking the Lord, how do I explain the importance of the Holy Spirit to the teenagers when I was a youth pastor? And, you know, a lot of times we walk around, we pray, we do these things, and we don't realize what we should be praying for and all of this, right? So this is what the Holy Ghost gave me is how to explain this. So y'all blame it on him. So, so Mark's been praying for his toe for the last six months because it hurts. And he can get no, you know, relief from this thing. And he's been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Okay. So now he starts praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is, is, Father, can you please tell him to get a bigger set of shoes? Because these shoes are just too tight and that's his whole problem. The Holy Spirit knows what's really wrong inside. 
the things we won't acknowledge because he really likes those shoes. He doesn't want to get rid of those shoes. It's like I don't want to get glasses. I would prefer that God just heal my eyes and I can see. But the Holy Spirit is like, tell him to get over the pride and get glasses. You, you see what I'm saying? It, it's, this is how God had me to explain it to the teenagers. That's how important the Holy Spirit is to us, is the fact that the Holy Spirit can pray as we're praying. He's praying through us, praying for things that we don't even realize. Things that we don't want to acknowledge, but we need to. Amen. But look at John 14, 16. It says this. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. See, the Spirit doesn't come and go. Jesus had to go away. But Jesus said, it is more beneficial for me to go away and to send you this helper. Which is a pretty interesting statement in itself. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You see, the Holy Spirit is with us, so we should never feel alone. Because we're never alone. We're not orphans. The Holy Spirit comes and seals us when we're saved. And the power of the Holy Spirit is working upon us. But when we allow the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then it begins to work through us. And that's the biggest difference. Amen. So listen, I want to pray for us tonight and, and just pray that, that God will begin to spark a new interest for his Holy Spirit. Amen. Because I, I believe that, that the Pentecostal church has, has kind of left a little bit of that, of the importance of the Holy Spirit because we get so tied up with time and all this. And, you know, I, I love praying in the Holy Ghost. I, I tell you, you guys hear me up there sometimes. I love to pray in the Holy Ghost because, you know what, sometimes I don't know what to pray for. But he does. He always does. He always does. So, Father, I, I thank you again for your Holy Spirit, Lord. It's just such an amazing, amazing gift that you have given us, that your spirit would dwell inside us and with us forever. And Lord, I pray that you would just give us a new desire to, to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit, to, to communicate with him on a daily basis, not just a once a week or once in a while. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to us in new ways. Make the word exciting again to us. Make prayer exciting again as we as we begin to commune with you and we begin to pray through your spirit, through your your utterance that you give us. Let us have a new experience with you, Holy Spirit. And ask this all in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Hey, guys, we're going to tune off online. I love you guys. See Sunday. We've got some amazing things going on Sunday. So I love you. God bless you.